Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hi folks and welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can follow me on Twitter at FPL General for all things fantasy football. A long game week 7 is now complete and we've got just one more game week before another dreaded international break. But it is the last international break until March as far as I know, so that's good news in a way. It's going to be wall-to-wall FPL action from game week 9 onwards. It won't be long until we are navigating the busy festive period, which is always my favourite time of the FPL season, with game weeks coming thick and fast. In game week 7, Manchester City failed to score more than one goal again. Podens finally delivered for his patient owners. Chelsea racked up another clean sheet, while Liverpool didn't, much to my frustration. Callum Wilson bagged a brace and Jamie Vardy had a party on Monday night. After that party, I pulled the trigger on two early transfers, which is something that I very rarely do. So I'm going to be sweating for the rest of the week now that there's no injuries in the Champions League or Europa League or any COVID related issues. All will be revealed later in the podcast what those transfers are. This week, again, we've got Champions League and Europa League, so be aware of that when you're making your transfers. And most importantly, there's a very early FPL deadline on Friday. It's 4 p.m. UK time. This is the earliest deadline we've ever had on a Friday. It's been 6.30 UK time for the last couple of weeks, so two and a half hours earlier this week. So don't get caught out by that. Maybe set a reminder in your phone for an hour beforehand so you can lock your team in and set your captaincy. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, the latest sign-up offer is for just £1 a week. Take advantage of it while you can. To do so, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast and access to all the excellent content on there on The Athletic. Game Week 7 shoutouts, just two players to mention here. We do have a new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome Andre Gomez from Everton. 59th Minute substitution, got himself just one FPL point. He joins, I think he's the 8th member this season. Um, He's going to see a familiar face in there. Ben Godfrey, his teammate, joined a couple of weeks ago. So grab yourself a drink, Andre, and join the guys in the corner. Please stay two metres away from them, though. The other notable mention is Matthias Pereira at West Brom. He managed just 55 minutes. So a lot of people, not a lot of people, anyone who's had him for a few weeks would have been holding on to him for that Fulham fixture. So very disappointing to see him get taken off after just 55 minutes. If you've got him, it's time to sell him. A quick review of Game Week 7. How did it go for me? Going into the game week, I decided to bank my transfer, which I mentioned on last week's episode. Now, I did regret not making a transfer because on Friday, once James Rodriguez was ruled out, 
It did cross my mind. I strongly considered pulling the trigger, going James Rodriguez out and getting Jack Grealish in. And obviously, in hindsight, that would have been a very, very good transfer. It would have netted me an extra 15 points for the game week. So it was frustrating to see Grealish get all those points, particularly when they were quite late in the game. The goal was anyway. So bank my transfer. I've got two free transfers now for game week eight and they've already been used. So my average, the average score in game week seven was 53. I scored 52. So pretty average game week for me. My total points for the season now is 424. My rank dropped from 356k to 425k. So a slight drop there, nothing to worry about too much. I'm trying to ignore my rank as much as possible this season, but to be honest, I'm struggling with that aspect. I did mention it in the you know my first podcast of the season about reducing the noise and ignoring my rank as much as possible but it's very very hard to ignore it when it's in the top right hand corner every time you log in so even though 425k is probably a fine rank to be honest given how this season has gone it's still bugging me a little bit that i've got two red arrows over the last two gaming so my challenge for the next few weeks is to go back to that try and stop looking at it so much, trying to stop caring about my rank so much because it doesn't matter in game week 8. It only matters in game week 38 and that is a long, long way away. The good and the bad from game week 7. The good, Ramsdale 4 points, much better than 2 points, although he hasn't been a good pick this season. Potence and Salah both got me 8 points. Harry Kane got a 6-pointer. And all my strikers did well. Calvert-Lewin got eight and Watkins got seven. Although I feel very, very lucky to get those Calvert-Lewin and Watkins points. Both came very late in the game when both players didn't really look overly threatening throughout. So feeling pretty fortunate that I got those two goals. It could have been a pretty bad game week without those two late goals. So thank you, Dominic, and thank you, Ollie, for that. The bad, basically my defence was bad. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Trent 2, Robertson 2, Justin 2, Walker-Peters 1, and spoiler alert, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've had enough, my friend. He is gone from my team now. So it wasn't a great game week, but the squad is looking pretty good for game week 8. Overall, I'm pretty happy with my squad now. I've moved to a 3-4-3 formation. I like my team structure. I like most of my picks. So I've got no... You know, no plans to play the wild card. I haven't ruled out playing it in game week 10 because I think it's a good week for the fixture swings for the likes of Manchester City and Spurs and stuff like that. But I think I'm probably going to stick to the plan of holding on to that wild card as late as possible and play it in game week 16. A watch list update now ahead of game week 8. A couple of defenders I've added this week. Hector Bellerin and Cancelo from Manchester City. So Bellerin was on the watch list a couple of weeks ago. He was removed and now he's back on it. He's 5 million. Got himself a 12-pointer against Manchester United in a very impressive performance for Arsenal and a very poor performance from Manchester United. Bellerin won the penalty, which Pogba... Pogba decided to give away another penalty. That is Bellerin's third assist of the season. So I think he's very good value at 5 million. He's getting assists. He'll probably get a goal or two over the course of the season as well if he keeps attacking the way he is at the moment. Arsenal have decent fixtures ahead. And most importantly, I think they're looking pretty good defensively as well. I was very impressed with them in that Manchester United game. Gabriel in particular, I think, is a very good addition. And Partey protecting you know the defense as well i think is a very good addition so bellerin is in my thoughts cancello 5.4 million he's played 90 minutes in the last three league games i think he's got 
starts in the Champions League as well. His last three FPL returns have been 8, 5 and 8. So very healthy points returns from Cancelo. If Cancelo starts the next two games, which are tricky fixtures, I think it's Liverpool and Spurs. So I'm probably not going to get him before then. But if he starts the next two games, he may well come into my side in game week 10 for that nice run of Manchester City fixtures. There's a question about City defenders later, so I will come back to Cancelo. A couple of midfielders added to the watch list this week. James Ward-Prowse. I kind of reluctantly added him to the watch list because I don't really like him as an FPL pick because he's very heavily reliant on those free kicks, although he is very good at taking them. The main reason I added him to the watch list was because of Danny Ings' injury. If Ings is going to miss a couple of games... WordPress very likely to be on penalty, so I think that increases his appeal. We should have more news on Danny Ings before the deadline. It sounds like it's not too serious, which is good news because the poor guy has had enough serious knee injuries in his career so far. So hopefully he'll be back on the pitch soon. WordPress has scored 28 points in the last two matches, so it's pretty hard to ignore him. But I think it does feel like chasing points if you go and buy him this week because, like I said, it's very heavily reliant on those set pieces. But he's on the watch list, a bit like a bit like Zaha and Bamford last week. Can't ignore guys who are scoring lots of FPL points. Very unlikely that I'll buy him, though. Another midfielder who I'm more likely to buy in the near future is Ziyech at Chelsea, 8.0 million. Excellent against Burnley, excellent in the Champions League as well. Against Burnley, goal, assist and three bonus points for a sweet 14-pointer. Pulisic Pulisic has become the most frustrating FPL player there is out there. You know, you buy him ahead of a nice fixture against Burnley. He's in the starting eleven. He doesn't even make it onto the pitch because of another injury niggle. So Pulisic, I'm drawing a line under him for at least a month. I'm not going anywhere near him. If Pulisic is out for a couple of weeks, I think that's good news for Ziyech in terms of his game time. Uh, Ziyech is less than 5% owned, so he's a very nice differential at the moment. And two very good fixtures coming up, Sheffield United at home and Newcastle away. So those who decide to go early on Ziyech hopefully will be rewarded over those two fixtures. Couple of Leicester guys added to the watch list again as well. Jamie Vardy, who I owned at the start of the season, and Harvey Barnes, who both were very, very impressive against Leeds. Barnes is 6.9 million, Vardy is 10 million. Now, slightly worrying about Barnes is in his last two fixtures 74 minutes against Leeds and 70 minutes in the previous fixture. So I don't like players who don't get close to 90 minutes, but Barnes looked very, very good in linking up with Vardy on Monday night. Vardy, pretty hard to get him, I think, if you've got Harry Kane, because we're not going to sell Harry Kane before West Brom. But after that, maybe we will see people moving from Harry Kane back to Jamie Vardy, if he looks good again in game week eight. He's always an option. He's on penalties. He's always in the right areas in the box. Um, He gets better with age. He's like a fine wine. So Vardy is back in my thoughts now as well. The, to finish up the watch list section this week, which players have I removed from it? Uh, Saiz from Wolves, self-explanatory, he was dropped, so I'm not looking to buy him anytime soon. Jorginho also didn't start in game week seven, so I'm not going to be buying him either. Pulisic, as I mentioned, not going near that guy for at least a month. And Mopai quite strangely dropped from the 18 for that Brighton game, so surely there must be something going on behind the scenes there. Maybe we'll find out more this week. But... It's not just that, um, you know, we've seen Potter drop Mopai at times last season as well. I mean, Potter played without a recognised striker 
at the weekend. So that puts me off. Mopai, he's gone from the watch list. Also, Lukman is gone from Fulham. If he can't get points against West Brom, I'm not overly interested. I still think he could be a good option at 5 million, but I just don't really want to buy a Fulham player, even though that was a good result for them. Barkley is gone as well because I prefer Grealish from the Aston Villa midfield. Zaha is gone as well because I just don't trust him and I don't trust Crystal Palace. Um, he's kind of been on and off the watch list all season, but I've decided now I'm just going to stay away because I know it will end in pain if I go and buy him. And Jimenez as well is gone from the watch list. This one might be a bit surprising, but it's just down to fixtures really. Wolves have a pretty tough run of games for the next 9 or 10 game weeks. I'm pretty happy with Kane. I'm pretty happy with Calvert-Lewin. And I'm probably happy enough to hold Ollie Watkins as well because Aston Villa have got good fixtures right up until game week 16 when I plan to play my wildcard. So Calvert-Lewin and Watkins are probably going to stay. Kane may become a Manchester City player in game week 10, but I may end up keeping him as well. So one of the one of the reasons Jimenez has gone from the watch list is because I'm quite happy with the three strikers I have at the moment. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Twitter questions now. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent them in on Twitter on Monday night. I think there was around 200 replies. So I've picked out, as always, 10 of the best. First one comes in from Blahavis91. Do we need to worry about Brighton assets like Mopai and Ryan because of the last game week? And if yes, who would you replace Neil with? So do you need to worry? I think you definitely do. Uh, I mean, Mopai and Ryan could easily come back into the starting 11 at the weekend, but I think I would just use it as an excuse to get rid of them uh, if you've got no other issues in your squad, obviously, as well. I think Ryan in particular, you know, hasn't been a good pick this season anyway, so I think you can just use that, you know, getting dropped as a reason to get rid of him because you don't want to go into game week eight without a goalkeeper. So I would lose Ryan, um, no problem. Mopai, I would probably lose as well. Who would I replace him with? He's about 6.5 million. I think he dropped in price overnight. So, I mean, the options you're looking at are probably Wilson, Bamford, Watkins, possibly, or Che Adams. Now, which one would I pick if I was replacing Mopai this week? I It's hard to look past Callum Wilson at the moment. He's a talisman for Newcastle this season. Every time you get a goal notification through from Newcastle, you know it's going to be Wilson or he's going to be involved. He's got those penalties. So, yeah, you know, I've had my troubles with him in the past, but... I may, you know, I said I'm happy enough to keep Watkins, but it may come to a point around game week 10 where Newcastle have nice fixtures as well, that if Watkins is not doing as much as I would like, Watkins to Wilson would be an option for me there for a short period before I wildcard. So I think I would go Wilson. I still think Bamford's a good option. He was disappointing uh, on Monday night, missed lots of very good chances, but he's getting those good chances, so I like that. So Wilson, Bamford, Watkins, I own him. Would I buy him this week? Probably not. He's just not doing enough at the moment. And Che Adams, I don't like Che Adams as much if Ings is out because they've got a very good partnership, those two. So I think I would default to Wilson or if not, Bamford. Question from Funfest Sutton. Who is the best West Ham asset ahead of some finally favourable fixtures? So I've rated them in order here. I've picked out four and put them in order of preference. I think Antonio... 
number one, if he's fit. Now we need to hear more towards the end of this week. If 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 it turns out that Antonio, if David Moyes comes out and says yes, Antonio's fine, he's going to play against Fulham. I think you'll see a lot of people buying him because that is a very good fixture. So Antonio, I would rate number one if he's fit. Number two, I would say Aaron Cresswell if you can afford him. I think he's a very good option for the next couple of weeks. Got those set pieces. Number three, I would say Jared Bowen, uh, and I like Bowen even if Antonio is out. So. I think Bowen's got goals in him over the next couple of weeks from what I've seen so far this season as well. I think he's got three for the season. I really like Jared Bowen. You know, left foot, right foot. Very, very good player. And I think he will score goals over the next couple of weeks. And number four, I would say Kufal at 4.5 million. So Antonio one, Cresswell two, Bowen three, Kufal four. Now you might be asking, why did I not mention Suchek? And why did I not mention Fornal Suchek? I'd probably put him number five on this list. I think if you have him, now is the time where you can use him in some nice fixtures. Would I go out and buy him? Probably not, unless you're using him to get someone like Harry Kane. Uh, Fornals, yes, he's doing well this season. Never liked him as an FPL asset, though. And I think Ben Rama is fighting for his starting spot now as well. And I would think if Ben Rama was going to come in and replace someone, it would possibly be Fornals. I don't think it will happen because Fornals has been playing very well. But I do think long-term, Fornals probably becomes a rotation risk at some point. So that's why I prefer Bowen. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe Fornals will stay in the team. Maybe Bowen will drop out and Ben Rama will come in. But... I would like to see, I mean, if I was a West Ham fan, if Antonio was out for Fulham, I would like to see Bowen up front and I would like to see Halaire on the bench. So that's why I think Bowen is a very good option. Question from Sean Henderson. Are Man City defenders worth buying? Laporte looks to be back, which is huge. So next two fixtures for Man City are Liverpool and Tottenham in game week eight and game week nine. Would I want a Manchester City defender for those two fixtures? Not really, because I would expect Liverpool and Spurs to score in those games. But as we've mentioned many times now over the last week or two, game week 10 to 15, Man City have a great run of fixtures. And ideally, I would probably like to have one of their defenders along with KDB and maybe even another attacker as well for that run. Cancelo 5.4, like I said, if he starts the next two games, I like him from game week 10 onwards. I think Diaz is the safest route in at 5.5. I like that price, actually, for Diaz. I think he's a good pick. Walker gets overlooked by FPL managers. He's 6 million. He started every game this season. Got himself a goal at the weekend as well. I think he's actually a good pick this season. Uh, Laporte is probably the one I would stay away from just because of those injury niggles. You know, he he can be dropped out at any given moment. He's 0.5 more expensive than Diaz anyway. So if you want a Man City centre-back, just go for Diaz at 5.5. Cancelo keep an eye on him if he gets starts in the next two and and Walker I think is a good option at 6 million as well so very possibly come give me 10 I may myself look to get a Manchester City defender in question from Ed what are my thoughts on Chelsea's attacking assets there's lots of options but none of them seem rotation proof Uh, Ed asks Havertz, Ziyech, Werner or leave them all alone so Ziyech is very interesting, I think, if Pulisic is out for a while. Um, Now, we don't know fitness-wise how Ziyech is either because he's coming back from a long injury. Havertz I don't like as much as I did a few weeks ago. From the highlights I watched, he seemed to be playing a bit deeper. And Werner, I mean, Werner was supposed to be on the bench at the weekend. That puts me off him slightly as well. So I'm leaning towards leave alone uh, and go for 
possibly a defender instead or the goalkeeper Mendy. Um, if I was forced to buy a Chelsea attacker, I think Ziyech is the one I'd be most interested in at the moment. Again, partly because I'm quite happy with my three strikers, so I wouldn't be looking to get Timo Werner in. Question from Johnny Small. Is it time to say goodbye to Bruno Fernandes? He's an expensive luxury with better mid-price midfielders looking better. United look off the pace. So, yeah, I don't own Bruno Fernandes. Am I in a rush to go and get him? Absolutely not from what I've seen of United and from him in recent weeks. Didn't like that he was taken off after 74 minutes against Arsenal. Also didn't like that he's been shunted out to the right wing a couple of times recently as well. I think that will diminish his appeal as an FPL asset if that continues to happen. Two blanks in a row for Bruno. I think that might be the first time that's happened since he's joined Manchester United. So if I had him, would I be looking to sell him? Possibly. You know, it depends on which midfielders you don't have. If you don't have a Liverpool midfielder, Maybe if you don't have Son going into the West Brom game, you know maybe you might want to take a punt on a Chelsea attacker. I think selling Bruno is absolutely fine on what I've seen over the last game or two, but we know, just be prepared, he can punish because we know he can pick up points even when United don't play well. So yeah, I think it's fine to let Bruno go. Question from Andy Penman. Is Everton's dip only due to the absence of Richarlison, Dean and Rodriguez? Do we hold on to the likes of Calvert-Lewin and assume they'll turn it back around once all three big absentees are back on the pitch? I would add a fourth absentee as well there, Andy. I think Coleman is a big absentee, so I think they've been out without four very important players. Lucas Dean is back for the United game, so I like that as a Calvert-Lewin owner. I'm hoping James Rodriguez will be back as well because I've held on to him. Um, I held on to him because I like Everton's run after the Manchester United game. They've got three very nice fixtures. So I'm hopeful that being patient with the likes of James will pay off there. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, obviously, I think he's only blanked in one game so far this season. So I see no reason to get rid of Calvert-Lewin. And do I think the dip is down to the, quite simply down to those players being missing? Yes. I mean, when you take out those four players, the replacements coming in really are a big downgrade. So yeah, hopefully Everton, I expect Everton to be back to being a lot better once those guys come back. Next question came in from Rushir Mashra. Keep or sell Saiz? I probably covered this one already. I think if you have Saiz, the fact that he was dropped and also the fact that Wolves have very tough fixtures ahead, I think it's an easy sell. You know, get someone in who is guaranteed to play every week, who has better fixtures. Question from Max Matthews. Is it too early to jump on Gareth Bale or is it prime time while his ownership is low? I'm staying away from Gareth Bale. He's not even on my watch list at the moment because we could Mourinho could continue to use him in this impact role from the bench. We don't know what his fitness is like. It's obviously not 100% when he's not starting games. So I think Bale is an unnecessary risk in FPL. I think you get Son and you get Kane and you don't worry about Bale just yet. Question from Mark Cram. This is a good one. How do you handle players in your squad playing against each other? particularly attacker versus defender. Do you play both knowing that if one of them hauls, it's likely to be at the detriment of the other? Or do you go for broke and bench one of them? So I think a lot of people are probably going to have this this week. You know, there's some big games. Liverpool play City, Everton play Manchester United. I usually take it on a case-by-case basis. So a good example of this is game week seven. I had Walker-Peters, I had Justin 
and I had Watkins. Now, I was always going to play Watkins because I'm always going to play the striker. I had a decision then. Do I play Walker-Peters or do I play Justin? Walker-Peters is playing against my striker and Justin is playing against Leeds. Now, in this case, I focus on the defenders. I don't let Watkins come into this decision. I focus on Walker-Peters versus Justin. Which one do I think is more likely to score more points? I ended up playing both of them anyway because Rodriguez was injured, but I was going to start Walker-Peters over Justin, even though he would have been facing my striker because I fancied Leeds to score against Leicester, which they did, and Walker-Peters, I just felt, had a better game week against Aston Villa than Justin did playing away to Leeds. So that's an example of what I do. I take it on a case-by-case basis, and I kind of focus on the individual players rather than the matchups too much. So, yeah, it's a case-by-case basis. Um, it's, a tr- it's, it's a tricky one. I do find myself a lot of Fridays when it comes down to that kind of decision. Um, it's not easy. And a lot of the time, there's not much in it. it. It can be a 50-50 call. So I don't think it's worth stressing over too much. Obviously, with your long-term planning, it's good to try and avoid having your players playing, you know, your attackers playing, your defenders. You know, you don't want that to be happening too much over the course of the season. Question, last question for this week from Average at FPL. There's a lot of people who are average at FPL this season. If Danny Ings only misses the next game, is he a hold until after the international break? I think this all depends on Hassan Hoodle's press conference towards the end of this week. He needs to be clear on Danny Ings for you to be able to make a decision. If Hassan Hoodle says, you know, he's not too bad, he'll be back soon. I would probably sell him because there's no guarantee that he comes back then for game week nine and you could be without him for two game weeks and you don't want that. If Hassan Hootle comes out and says he's fine, he's going to miss Newcastle, but he'll be back after the international break, then I think you can you can keep him as long as you've got a decent player coming off your bench to play instead of him. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Game week eight, captaincy and transfers. Now, I'll do captaincy first because I want to leave you hanging a little bit longer on the transfers I've made, although you've probably guessed them already. Captaincy, I think, for game week eight is very straightforward. I think you captain a Spurs player against West Brom. You don't overthink this one. Best fixture of the weekend, Son or Kane, I think, are both very good options again. Which one am I leaning towards? Son let me down last week, so I think we're going to strip him of the armband this week and give it to Mr. Reliable. Harry Kane, he's got those penalties, so yeah, I think I'll play it safer this week and go for Harry Kane over a possibly more exciting Youngman's son, but that's undecided, I'll give that more thought towards the end of the week, but pretty sure I'll be on a Spurs asset again this week for the captaincy. Other options, 
Antonio, if he was fit, is a differential captaincy option against Fulham. Although Fulham did get a clean sheet against West Brom, so maybe not as attractive now. Chelsea play Sheffield United. I think that's a good fixture for the Chelsea attackers. Although I was impressed with Sheffield United defensively against Manchester City, so that probably puts me off the captaincy. Again, all the signs here, I think, are pointing towards Spurs for the captain's armband this week. Man City play Liverpool. Hard to predict how that one's going to go. Puts me off captaincy there. Everton versus Manchester United as well. Don't really fancy captaining someone in that one. So for me, Harry Kane or Hyungman Son are the runaway candidates for captaincy this week. I think it's going to be absolutely massive, the amount of people that captain a Spurs player this week. Transfers. Two free transfers done on Monday night. Because I had 0.0 million in the bank to do it. If I had 0.1, 0.2, I would have waited until Friday. But if I waited... I may not have been able to get the players I wanted. Trent Alexander-Arnold is gone. Ben Chilwell comes in. I've been very, very impressed by Chilwell the last couple of weeks. I think he's got something like 33 points in his last four games. Um, Lampard specifically mentioned getting his fullbacks higher in the post-match interview on match of the day as well. So I like the sound of that. And just watching that Chelsea game, Chilwell is popping up in the six-yard box from open play. You know, he's taken a few set pieces. So I think he's a very, very good option. And I like getting him now because he's got two very nice fixtures coming up. Trent to Chilwell, money-wise, is a downgrade. But to me, feels like an upgrade. So I'm getting, I feel, a better asset at the moment for a cheaper price. Now, the cash saving has allowed me to get rid of Daniel Podence. I was very happy that he got me a goal, but I didn't like Again, he was taken off early. And I, I just hate players getting taken off early every week. And there's always a chance that Triori could start over him as well. So I'm taking Potence's eight points and I'm running as far as I can. And I'm running to Jack Grealish, the player I wish I brought in last week. I just think Grealish looks fantastic this season. You know, he's playing further forward. He's involved in everything Aston Villa do. I think he had the most shots in game week seven of all players. So I didn't want to go any longer without this guy. I think he's a long-term hold. Um, he'll, you know, I'm buying him now with a view to keeping him at least until I wildcard in game week 16, if not for the rest of the season, because I think he's going to have a huge season FPL-wise. So I wanted to get on him while I could. So I had to I had to make them because it looked like Grealish might have went up in price Monday night. It ended up that he didn't, but he'd probably end up going up on Tuesday night. So I wanted to get those two assets, Chilwell and Grealish, who I think are very, very good options. I didn't want to miss out on either of them. Hopefully nothing goes wrong for me during the week, but if it does, I've got Charlie Taylor, I've got James Justin. You know, those guys can come in and do a job for me if something goes wrong, Champions League, or if there's any COVID-related issues. If things went massively wrong, if I got four or five injuries during the week, some kind of freak occurrence or games get called off, I've always got that wild card in my back pocket as an emergency. So my Game Gate team looks like Ramsdale, I don't know how he survived, but he does every week. Ramsdale's probably going to survive until my wildcard now. You know, the, a lot of the tough fixtures are out of the way anyway, so maybe he'll get me something between now and game week 16. I just haven't had an opportunity to sell him for free. Ramsdale, Robertson, Chilwell, Walker-Peters, midfield, Salah, Son, James, hopefully, and Jack Grealish. Up front, Kane, Captain, Calvert-Lewin, and Watkins. So I, I like my 3-4-3 formation now. I like most of those picks, and I've got Justin and Taylor on the bench if I need them. 
Thanks for listening. As always, folks, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General if you'd like to hear more podcasts from me this week. The start of a new month is always the best time to sign up to any Patreon. Please give this episode a retweet on Twitter if you enjoyed it and leave a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. Enjoy the rest of your week. Don't forget that early FPL deadline on Friday and good luck in game week eight. There won't be a podcast next week due to the international break. I'll be having a little bit of a break myself. So the next episode will be on Tuesday, November 17th. Talk to you all soon.